Blog Talk Radio. Hi and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. In addition to managing Hot Docs industry events since 2008, our guest, Stephanie MacArthur, manages Hot Docs Emerging Filmmaker and International Delegation Programs. She was a key developer of the Hot Docs Blue Ice Group Documentary Fund for African Filmmakers, and Stephanie has worked in Singapore as associate producer of the Asia Factual Forum, IDOC Fest Stratford, is what I wanted to say, Stratford, and served a four-year term on the Toronto Fringe Festival, Best of the Fest Injury, uh, Jury. Okay, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Best of the Fest Jury. Try to say that three times fast, okay? <laughs> anyway, Carol Dean and I welcome you to our show. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So, Stephanie, um, what we'd like to do is mainly for people who uh, are just learning about hot dogs, we'd like for you to give us an overview of the festival and the organization. Of course. Um, so Hot Docs is the largest documentary film festival in North America, um, and it just took place at the end of April, um, and it's an 11-day festival. This year we had 210 films take part in the festival, and there was 452 public screenings over the 11 days. Um, and we actually broke uh, attendance records again this year, and we had over 200,000 people uh, come out to see those screenings. Um, but in addition to the public side, to the screenings, we also offer a full week of industry programming. Um, highlights of some of that industry programming includes our Hot Docs Forum and our Hot Docs Dealmaker, which are uh, curated pitching sessions where filmmakers can bring their projects and pitch them directly to interested buyers um, in the industry. And we also have conference sessions, we have workshops, we have all sorts of opportunities for filmmakers and industry to, to meet each other. Uh, and this year we welcomed nearly 2,500 industry delegates from around the world. Wow, that's very impressive. <laughs> and what I I noticed was that you had like 2,700 submissions and you chose 210 films. So those statistics are a lot better than many other film festivals, I'll say to you. Um, I mean, we're, we're looking for the best, best, uh, the best films from around the world. Uh, we have a voracious audience here in Toronto, and, and we want to make sure that we uh, can see let them see as many of the best films from around the world as possible. So uh, we're really happy and excited that our audience can actually support, you know, 210 film screening, that we have we have enough numbers to, to really give great audiences to those filmmakers that come out. So there's, there's 200,000 people. Those were, that was your public who came to see the screening. Yes. Did they have any feedback uh, requested or did they uh, help in any way with the filmmakers or what... What was the screening like? Um, I mean, we, uh, you know, these are completed films that are screening. So in terms of, you know, feedback for, for the, the cuts and things like that, we don't really have um, that happening. But we do, you know, we try to bring a filmmaker from every feature-length film 
um, that's in the festival to the, to come to Hot Docs and do intros and Q and A's. And so we have really great engagement with our audiences um, and have uh, time after each screening for audiences and filmmakers to talk, which is a really great opportunity. Oh, that is brilliant! Yes, because they need that. They really need feedback. Because I know that we've sometimes we've had uh, screening nights, Stephanie, for trailers that are mm-hmm. in the work. And what's so interesting is that the filmmakers, when it's the first time screening for them, will find people reacting. Like one time we had a screening and they were on the floor laughing, and the filmmaker was saying, "I never thought that was funny." You know, they <laughs> right. Just, they learn so much about their product. Well, all right. So let's. I would really like you to t- elaborate more about this pitch festival where people get to come and uh, pitch to buyers. Is mm-hmm. it in front of a whole group or do they do one on one pitches? How is it uh, handled? So there's actually three different opportunities to pitch your film at Hot Docs. Um, the, the big marquee event is the Hot Docs Forum. And the Hot Docs Forum is. Uh, 19 projects that we pre-select from projects that have applied, and they pitch at a round table. So it's actually an industry event where we have about 20 to 25 industry buyers um, sitting at the table, and they pitch to them all at once. So you have seven minutes, minutes to pitch, followed by seven minutes of moderated feedback from those buyers. Um, and the whole pitch process is watched by an industry audience of about 300 people. Um, buyers that are sitting at the table may include uh, you know, international broadcasters from around the world, as well as some of the bigger film funds, such as the Tribeca Institute, Sundance Institute, Ford Foundation. Um, so it's a really great opportunity to launch your film. In addition oh, to the nice. forum... The, yes. the public pitching, we have Dealmaker, and that's um, private one-on-one pitching. So those are curated meetings that we put together. We take another 20 projects, or excuse me, another 50 projects that pitch there at Dealmaker um, to those same buyers as well as, you know, another 100 more. Um, and the final opportunity to pitch is called Distribution Rendezvous. And that's actually for completed films. So if you're coming to the festival with a, a film that's in rough cut or completed, and you're looking for a distributor or a sales agent, then uh, Distribution Rendezvous is a great opportunity for you to meet with those people face-to-face and really get a sense of who they are and if you want to work with them. Oh, that's really important, isn't it? It is. In this day of electronics, sitting down and eye-to-eye with someone that's going to take your film that you put maybe five years of your life into is a very important time. Very important. it is. It's crucially important. And I mean, the reason that big industry events like Hot Docs still exist is because uh, that face-to-face relationship is, is so important to establish, to, to know that you're really getting in, in with the right partners and that you're going to have a successful uh, partnership with them. Great. Now, tell me, you mentioned conference sessions. What kind of um, information is shared in the conference sessions? Yeah, so we do the whole gamut in our conference sessions. We actually run um, a three-session half-day um, for emerging filmmakers, so people can come and just buy that, that half-day um, ticket if they want, if they're super emerging and they're kind of testing the waters, and it's called Kickstart. Um, and those are really aimed at, at uh, you know, entry level. You know, you've just graduated from film school and you're starting out into the industry. Um, so an example of panels there uh, that we would have includes uh, My First Doc, which is usually... Um, one or two filmmakers who've come to the festival with their first documentary, and they talk about their experience of getting the film finished and getting it into the festival. Another great example of something that we had this year was 
a session called, uh, that was a master class with Barry Stevenson. Um, and so it was a great opportunity for people to really learn about uh, writing scripts for documentaries. And, and Barry is such a wonderful uh, teacher, and it was a really highly um, rated session that we had. We also have a lot more in-depth um, panels as well. Uh, we have creative panels, so we looked at um, you know the cinematic um, perspective this year in one of our creative panels, looking at uh, how to make your films feel like uh, feature films, have that cin cinematic feel. Um, we also had an impact panel that did that was very successful this year, where we looked at um, how to kind of create impact campaigns around your film, um, and how do you find the right partners uh, to work with them to create impact campaigns around around social issue films. That is so great. Um, that, that's the part I'm really very interested in. So, uh, impact information for because a lot of people who make docs. Um, the whole purpose is for them to get it seen by the right people, and they mm -hmm. really need guidance on how to do that. So I'm sure that's what they handled at the impact. Yeah, I mean, the impact is, is specifically for, um, you know, for if, if, if you have a social issue, and so it's not just getting your film seen, but it's really getting um, movement, making movement happen on that issue, um, whatever your film might be. So, you know, a really great example that I think a lot of people are aware of in recent years of an impact film would be something like Blackfish, um, where it wasn't just screening the film, it was building a, a campaign around it and really putting pressure on SeaWorld um, to, to kind of change some of their practices. Um, so that's kind of a, a good example of, of a film that had a really successful in camp, impact campaign. Um, the Cove would be another one from a few years ago that did really well and really changed the way that a lot of people, um, you know, consume uh, and purchase their uh, their seafood. It, uh, right. That was a great film. I loved mm -hmm. it. All of the uh, – it was like a planned heist or something where they went underwater and, got, and went in there with microphones and got everything and came out with what a brilliant array of filmmakers. Uh, they were so dedicated to that film. Well, yeah, that was a good example. Yeah. Well, um, so I don't know that we covered everything, but the, my next question was what is unique or different about Hot Talks? So you are the great, the largest in the North American continent. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, I would say there's a couple of things that, that really makes Hot Talks unique. One is, is that truly, and I already touched on this, but we have some of the best audiences in the world. Um, there's very few places in the world where you can sell out a, an 11 a.m. Monday morning screening uh, for a documentary, and, and we are one of those places. In fact, we actually turned away over 100 people from a screening of Mavis um, in that time slot at this year's festival, uh, which is just unheard of a lot of other places. Um, I think having a festival of our size where you combine a huge audience with a really robust industry program is also very hard to find um, at other festivals. Um, and then finally, I think what really makes Hot Talks unique is the ongoing support that we offer to films and filmmakers after they've come to Hot Docs. So we actually have an expression that we use internally in-house, and we call it the Hot Docs family. And to us, the Hot Docs family is any film that has screened at the festival, it's come to pitch at the forum or at DealMaker, it's um, received funds from one of our, our production funds. Um, and, you know, we don't consider that our work and our partnership with those films is done once they've, they've come and been a part of that program. We really are interested in helping those filmmakers to make sure that the entire journey of their film is successful. 
Oh, that's wonderful, to help the, the entire journey to be successful. Mm-hmm. Well, can I ask you, do you have any idea of uh, the percentage of films that are pitched uh, that get funded? It's a hard question to answer. Um, I would say the majority of the films that pitch get funding um, and get finished. It's, it's, there are, it's not that, that common that, that films kind of disappear and don't get made. Because of the way that business is done nowadays, it's really hard to tie a pitch directly back to just because they pitched at Hot Docs. Because realistically, in order to build those relationships, it's all about building those relationships and it's all about that kind of progression. Um, I would say in most cases, Hot Docs is one stop out of about three or four on the festival circuit or the industry circuit um, where people are bringing those those uh, projects to buyers. And so in many cases, you know, hot ducks might be the first pitch. It might be the first time a buyer becomes aware of a project, or it might be the last pitch. It might be the time where the, where the buyer finally has all the answers that they need. They've managed to find a place for it in their, in their schedule and in their slot, and they're able to sign off on it. So, um, a, you know, a large percentage get funded. Um, but I would say though we're, you know, we help a lot in a lot of those deals. We're certainly not solely responsible for them. It, it's part of a longer journey for those projects. Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And believe me, tenacity in this industry is what pays off, I it's find, true. because we run a, our own little film grant here, the Roy Dean Film Grant, Stephanie, and um, the, I would say that there's probably 30% of our films that have come back uh, and two or three times submitted. People have won on the third submission, right? Right. Because that's what it takes. You cannot give up. It's not in this industry. Yeah, and we do certainly see that with the forum, um, with projects that apply one year, and they're just not ready. They're, the idea is not shaped enough. They don't have enough of a, a sense of where they're going, and they come back the next year, um, and they pitch, and they do really well at the table. So sometimes it's just about making sure you're pitching your project at the right stage and that you've got enough of your idea um, put together before you bring it to market. That is so true. So true, um, because uh, when when filmmakers start out on this track, they think they're going in one direction, and seldom is that the direction they go in. Because as soon as they start doing interviews, so many avenues open up for them to follow that it always turns out to be much more complicated than they thought. Mm-hmm. And so I can tell that when reading proposals, sometimes that they not they don't really have the heart of the film yet. And I guess that's what happens at hot dogs when they're pitching. You find that out. Exactly, yeah. Right. Well, um, tell us why filmmakers should consider hot dogs to uh, to be a crucial addition when applying for festivals. Um, I mean, I think that I've stated some of it already. We have amazing amazing audiences. We have state-of-the-art theaters. Um, You know, your film is going to look great. It's going to sound great. Uh, We have a really supportive local and national media um, so your film will get some attention while you're here. And we have all of the key international documentary players um, in attendance at the festival. So there's really nowhere else like Hot Docs to, to launch your film and, and to really make sure that you're getting big bang for your buck with a screening. Wow, that sounds wonderful. So you have very good uh, publicity with your local and national news. That alone can be so beneficial for a filmmaker to go home with some news clippings about their product. Exactly. Oh, that's very good. And you you have the top buyers from around the world. Is that what you mean, what you just said? 
Exactly. So the top, you know, we've got the top buyers. We have, I mean, we had over 100 distributors in attendance at the festival this year from around the world, um, and people who are working in all different rights, people who are working in educational rights and theatrical rights. Um, and so it's really a great opportunity to um, meet them all face-to-face, to talk to them about your film, uh, and to kind of sort out what the next step for your film is going to be. Fabulous, fabulous. So what advice could you give for a two first-time filmmakers applying for festivals? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is don't apply to just one festival. Don't, you know, I, I'm always amazed when I talk to filmmakers and they say, you know, they only applied to Sundance or they only applied to Hot Talks or they only, you know, they had the kind of one dream festival. Um, really what you should do is sit down and and create a bit of a festival strategy, you know, and, you know, have your dream festival that you want to premiere at and then figure out, okay, if I, if I get in there and I premiere there, what are my next three or four festivals that I want to do after that? Um, And then have a couple of those strategies, have a backup strategy in case you don't get into your dream festival um, and have kind of a, a plan figured out. And I would also say, you know, research every festival that you're going to apply to, to make sure that you know what it can offer to you and offer to your film. There's a whole a whole variety of um, sizes of festivals, and they each have different strengths and offer different things. You know, uh, smaller regional festivals can be great because uh, they can have really enthusiastic audiences, or maybe a small regional festival won't bring in, they won't have 300 buyers, but they might have 10, and you might have a better chance at a regional festival at sitting down and having an hour-long conversation with one of those 10 than you would at, by, by coming to Hot Docs. You know, you might have a hard time getting five minutes with, with the same person at Hot Docs. So it's important really to kind of figure out what each festival can offer and, and really understand why you're going there um, and instead of just applying everywhere. I think it's, it's important to target it and, and to strategize. So uh, you would say that they, uh, based on the content of the film, that mm-hmm. they look for festivals where they could get the most... Uh, out of that festival because of the content. Yeah, I I don't think it's, partially, I think it's partly about content. Obviously, you know, there's going to be lots of niche festivals where your film might naturally find a home, but not all festivals are created equal. You know, not all festivals that uh, focus, say it's an environmental film, not all environmental film festivals are going to be equal. And so I, I really suggest that you do a little bit of research on that festival, maybe talk to other filmmakers who've screened there, and find out what the vibe of that festival is and what they can offer. Uh, you know, festivals can really run the gamut from, you know, some festivals have no audiences. You know, your, your film is going to go and it's going to screen to empty houses and others might go and screen to full houses. Some festivals might be able to offer a little bit of travel support. Some might be able to offer, um, you know, maybe your film will be put in competition and so you're eligible to potentially win some prizes, which can be great to have on your on your poster to add those laurels that you've won a prize. So it's just important to know what the different festivals offer and and what you might be able to get out of it when deciding where to screen. Okay. That sounds very good. Is there a list of all the festivals? And are they categories of festivals like AAA or AA? Yeah, there are. There's actually a a couple of different lists online. I actually believe that POV has a pretty good um, and fairly up-to-date list of, of festivals that are coming up and um, when applications are opening up. POV. Okay, that's POV, good. yeah. All right. Um, so what is the most common mistake you see from filmmakers applying for your festival? Uh, I mean, I think that the, probably the most common mistake is, is people 
accidentally making their film ineligible at Hot Docs. Um, we have one of the broadest um, premiere requirements of, of, I think, any festival of our size in the world. Um, you know, we don't require a world premiere. We don't require an international premiere. But if you screened in Toronto or it's been available to Toronto audiences, then you can't screen with us. Um, so it's important to note that you can't have screened at another film festival in Toronto, but you also can't have been available to our audiences online or um, on television um, prior to screening at Hot Docs. So that's just something to be aware of. So if you had a U.S. Uh, release uh, anywhere, I mean, even on the Internet, is uh, would that be considered a release if it, they put it on YouTube or something then they couldn't get into the festival? Yeah, potentially. If it if it's if it's not geoblocked, if it's available for for to Toronto audiences to to watch on the internet, then yes, that could that could definitely damage your eligibility to screen out hot dogs. Okay, so it's very important that you have not screened anywhere. Um, well, you can. I mean, you can US have screened or in Toronto. Could, no, you can have screened in the U.S. as long as it wasn't available to Toronto audiences. So if you you can screen at other festivals, you can screen theatrically, um, you could screen online as long as it wasn't available to someone in Canada if it's geo-blocked. Um, so, you know, you could be on available on Netflix in the States as long as you're not available on Netflix in Canada, if that makes sense. Okay, okay that, well, that gives them a, a nice wide uh, berth. Mm -hmm. That, okay. So... Um, how does the festival circuit in Canada differ from the United States? Um, I mean, it, it's a little smaller. There's fewer festivals. Um, there's still some really great regional festivals to visit, though. Um, I would say, you know, it's it's still part of the same circuit um, in many ways when you're deciding where to go and where to tour your film. Um, certainly, you want to take into account um, if you you know if you're if you're deciding to come up to Canada. Uh, and you've only screened in the States and you're going to go then screen in Canada, then that could potentially be your international premiere. Or if you've screened in the States and somewhere else, then that's your Canadian premiere. So you may want to take into account uh, where you want to have your Canadian premiere when you first come to Canada. Um, and I would say, you know, what's, what's really interesting about, about Canada and about Toronto specifically is that in Toronto we have dozens of film festivals throughout the year. Um, we have, you know, everything ranging obviously from, from TIFF, which everyone knows about, down to, you know, small little one-day film festivals. Um, and we have uh, a festival covering nearly every niche imaginable um, right here just in Toronto. Um, so there's a lot of really great opportunities to come and, and screen in Toronto to, your, to our amazing audiences here. They really, they love films. They love film festivals. Great. Great. Um, I know that Hot Dogs offers production funds to certain films, so can you tell us uh, more about that and what kind of criteria you have? Yeah, so we currently have um, three production funds, um, and I'll go over them pretty quickly. Uh, our first fund is the um, Shaw Media Hot Dogs Fund, and that's actually a fund that is specifically for Canadian filmmakers. Uh, we offer two types of funding in, in, within that fund. We have development funding, which is actually a no-interest loan um, of ten to $15,000 where people can get money from us to go out and do the development, to you know, do a research shoot, to cut a trailer, to write a script, whatever it is, and really put together a great package to take to market. Um, and then we also offer completion funding of up to $100,000. So the completion funding is for projects that have almost their entire budget in place, but they have a gap 
and they can't actually access their funding and start production until they fill that gap. And so we will step in and fill that gap for, for filmmakers. Um, but in, in both cases, those are just for Canadian um, productions. We do allow um, international co-productions to be part of that as long as the Canadian partner um, is at least a majority, is a majority partner on the film. Um, we also have our Hot Docs Blue Ice Fund. And the Hot Docs Blue Ice Fund is for filmmakers living and working on the continent of Africa. And we offer uh, development, production, and completion grants there, um, as well as um, other assistance. So, for example, uh, every year we bring uh, a number of filmmakers who receive funding from the Blue Ice Fund to Hot Docs, where they participate in a lab during the festival. And then we bring them again to the Durban International Film Festival in South Africa in July, where they participate in the second half of the lab. Um, and then the final fund that we have, um, which at the moment would be the only one that is um, available to American filmmakers without, without it being an in international co-production, is our cross-currents fund. Um, and that's our most modest fund. We only offer one prize a year for $10,000, um, but it's aimed at filmmakers who are marginalized or who have underrepresented voices. And so it's really intended to um, assist filmmakers who are making short films, um, who don't have opportunities other places to, to get some funding and to get those films completed. Uh, and we also bring the winner of that um, that grant to the festival where they participate in the lab. Okay, so let's, let me ask you about this, this cross-current. Yeah. Uh, short films, would that be a documentary or yeah, narrative? All, no, you all want? documentary. We, on, we only fund documentary films, so it would be short documentary films. Docs, only yeah. docs. Yeah. So it's ten thousand dollars. Is that that's one grant to one person? One grant to one film. That's correct. Okay, got it. Marginalized voices, well stated. Um, what countries in Africa is the Blue Ice available to? Uh, we actually are um, open for eligibility to the entire continent of Africa, um, and we've had you know we've had films be successful from. Uh, Cameroon, from the Congo, from Mali, from Togo, from Kenya, from South Africa, Egypt, Tunisia, um, really all over the continent, which has been really lovely to see. Oh, yes, that's wonderful. Now, you worked for them for a while. Were you based in the U.S. or down in Africa? Uh, no, in, here I was based here in Canada. Um, but when, when we first uh, started to put the fund together, when we received the funding um, for the fund, uh, my colleague Elizabeth Radshaw and I were really tasked with, um, you know, we'd been given the money and we'd been told it was a, they, we wanted a fund for, for filmmakers in Africa. And we were really tasked with figuring out how to make it happen. Um, and so, you know, we had to do a lot of research and, and talk with a lot of stakeholders and get to know as much as we could about the um, documentary filmmaking communities in Africa to really figure out, you know, what kind of funding do they need? How can we um, access these filmmakers? How can we make sure that they know about us? What partners on the continent do we need to work with um, to spread the news about the fund? Um, how do we get money in and out of the continent, which is actually, you know, a little bit difficult sometimes depending on the country? Um, and what support aside from, from monetary do these filmmakers need? And so there was a lot of research that went into that and a lot of stakeholder meetings and discussions that went into that. Um, and then uh, I managed that, uh, that fund kind of through its first three years of, of existence. Oh, my goodness. That's quite an achievement. Well done. Well, Thank let you. me ask you when you say partners, mm -hmm. who did you end up with? Uh, schools down uh, 
schools, for example, or what did you find were, were the best type of partners for you to use to reach the filmmakers? I mean, it really depends on the country. Um, the situation is, is very different um, in every country. Some countries like Egypt or South Africa have very robust documentary and filmmaking communities. Um, and so there are, you know, there's government organizations there that we work with. There are film schools that we work with. There are um, all sorts of organizations. Some countries, um, you know, it might just be one filmmaker or it might be uh, an NGO in that region that's doing some work. And so it really varies um, depending on the country. But, you know, some of our key partners that we work with um, is the Durban International Film Festival in South Africa where we hold the second part of our lab every year. Um, and then there's an organization called DocuBox in Kenya that we've worked with quite closely. Um, that is uh, a, a new organization there that's um, really helping to build a documentary community, or build up, I should say, the documentary community in Kenya. Um, so it's, you know, it's, been, it's been a really great opportunity to, to work with all different kinds of partners throughout the continent. Oh, I bet it has been. Well done, because they need, I mean, $1,000 can go so far in a uh, African country for shooting, right? Yeah. Amazing. And we, we offer grants for, for the Blue Ice Fund. The development grants are um, up to $10,000, and then our production grants are up to $40,000. Oh, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. Oh, for forty thousand, they could probably get a, an entire documentary made. <laughs> well, again, it, it does depend on the country because some are, are more expensive than others, and and certainly, <clears throat> you know, in some places the filmmakers are working um, without much of a, a filmmaking infrastructure, which means that sometimes they have to actually leave the country to be able to go and do things like their edit, um, because there may not necessarily be a place to to do the edit in the country that they're in. So it really does does vary by country um, how far that money will stretch, but. Well, but what a generous thing you've done. This is wonderful. Um, so tell me, that it seems that a festival organization can become a very valuable asset for mm. exposure for a film uh, separately from the film itself. So can you speak more on that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, before films are even completed, a lot of filmmakers come to Hot Docs. Um, to try and build industry interest and buzz. Um, you know, pitching your project at the forum or at DealMaker um, can help to legitimize the project within, within the industry. You get a kind of hot docs stamp of approval when you pitch or, or when you get awarded one of our funds. Um, and that really helps to open the, you know, open doors when you're trying to reach other gatekeepers. Um, I think especially if you're newer to the industry, if you don't have a lot of industry connections, but you've received money from one of our funds or you've been accepted to one of our pitching programs, um, that says something to uh, people who may not have heard of you, you know, to be able to say, well, we, you know, we, we were selected by Hot Docs to be part of this program, um, really kind of for gatekeepers, for other buyers, um, makes them take a second look at your project and at your film. And so I think that's one of the places where Hot Docs and other festivals like us um, have become very essential in um, helping people to kind of navigate the industry and, and find ways into the industry. Great. Well, you mentioned the Emerging Filmmaker Program. Mm -hmm. If you could be more specific, give us elaborate a bit on that for me. Yeah. So the, the, the two main components right now to our Emerging Filmmaker Program are two labs that we run for, for Canadian filmmakers. So we have one that's called the Documentary Channel Doc Accelerator. And for that lab, we accept um, 
up to eight filmmakers from across Canada. And those filmmakers come to the festival, and during the opening weekend of the festival, they have a two-day private lab where we bring in a number of industry experts, filmmakers, buyers, distributors, to come and talk to them about um, different aspects of the film industry. Um, this lab is really aimed at um, recent graduates, so people who've just finished film programs, who have a bit of a gap, because you know sometimes the film programs focus on the creative and on the theoretical, but they don't focus that much on the practical, on the actual production side of getting your film made and getting your film funded. And so we talked to them about that. And then after their two days are, of the lab are done, they stay at the festival. They attend five days of industry conference. Uh, they attend networking events. They get to meet a lot of people. They get to watch projects being pitched at the forum. And it really gives them the opportunity to make a lot of connections and to start to build relationships of their own. Um, and then the final component, and actually my favorite component of the program, is that we, throughout the year after attending Hot Docs, we actually have a paid mentorship placement for each of those emerging filmmakers. So I match them with an uh, established filmmaker in their home region, and Hot Docs pays them to do a five-week placement with that filmmaker. And there's not a lot of opportunity um, for, for people to learn and to pay their bills at the same time. So it's a really wonderful program, and, and I'm so um, thankful that we're able to provide this opportunity to them. Uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Five-week program. This is great. Five-week five week paid placement, yeah. Um, and then the, the second um, emerging filmmaker lab that we have is called the Shaw Media Diverse Voices Program. And again, it's eight filmmakers from across Canada. Um, we focus specifically on filmmakers of a diverse background for this program. And this program also um, focuses, in, in terms of content, focuses on um, more the kind of factual and commercial side of documentary filmmaking. So we're not talking as much about kind of creating your theatrical POV one-off um, feature-length film. We're looking more at, you know, how are you building a sustainable career as a documentary filmmaker and how can you um, actually get your films funded and made um, and sold. And so that focuses more on that kind of television series side um, and building, you know, building those skills allows filmmakers to kind of work on their other, their other passion projects as well. Um, and so those filmmakers, same thing, come to the festival, do a two-day lab, and then stay for the festival to attend um, five days of conferences and workshops and, and networking events. Fantastic. You know, building mm -hmm. sustainable careers in the industry is what's being talked about so much yes. these days. We... Um, spoke with Women Make Movies, and that was one of the main things that Deborah was talking about. It, can it be sustainable in this day and age? So for you to teach how to do that is is really of utmost importance. It is. It's, you know, it's, it's so difficult anyways for filmmakers um, in the industry to try and get their films made. And I, and I think, you know, so many people are forced to call in every favor they've ever built out just to get their first film made. Um, and then, and then what do you do for your second film? How do you, you know, how do you carry on, um, with that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of relationship? And so it is incredibly important because I think we lose a lot of talent, um, after their second or third film because it just becomes too difficult for them. Uh, so it is incredibly important. Oh, well said. Quite right. Well, tell us that what advice you would have for American or international filmmakers that want to tap into the Canadian market. Um, I mean, 
Due to the Canadian content regulations for most broadcasters here, um, there isn't as much money available in Canada for international films as there are for local films. Um, but we do, you know, as I mentioned, we have a really eager audience um, who want films from all over the world. So there's definitely acquisitions to be had. I think, um, you know, we have we have about eight or nine Canadian broadcasters that are acquiring content um, for television here in Canada, um, and it's really worthwhile to look them up to see what kind of content they have that they're buying and, and to see if your project is a match for them. Um, I think additionally, if you have, you know, Canada has more co-production treaties than any country in the world. Um, so if you have the right story that might be of interest to Canadian audiences, it might greatly benefit your, your project to try partnering with a Canadian co-producer because that would open up, um, you know, a lot of uh, Canadian funding. It would, you know, could potentially open up government funding. It could open up tax credits. Um, it could help you get a Canadian broadcast license. Um, so if you do have a project that you think has a high Canadian interest that has Canadian content, then you really may be interested in, in looking at finding a Canadian co-producer to get that film made and, and then seen in Canada. How would you go about that? Is there, are there, do the, does the government have lists of uh, co-producers there? Or you look at a past product and find someone who's produced for the government or, or won awards? And Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of ways to do it. I would, you know, I would start by looking at Canadian filmmakers who are making films that you like, um, that are making films that fit within the genre of work that you're doing. Um, because obviously you want to have a mesh creatively um, to start. Co-production is like a marriage. Um, so you don't want to rush into it. You really do want to get to know the person that you're working with before you sign anything. Um, I think one of the things Hot Docs offers, and, and some other festivals offer it as well, is we actually have... Um, we have a day we call International Co-Production Day, and it's an entire day devoted to, to co-production. Um, and one of the things we have at that day are producer-to-producer -producer meetings. So you can actually come to Hot Docs um, and basically speed date with other filmmakers who are inter interested in co-production. So that's a great oh, way to wonder. meet. Yeah, so it's a great way to meet potential partners, uh, get a sense of them. You know, it's only 10 minutes that you're talking to them, but from that 10 minutes, you can know, definitely know, or worth a further conversation. And so it's a great way to meet new people. Um, and co-production day is actually great. Those meetings are wonderful because they happen. They're one of our very first industry events that happen when everyone arrives in town for the industry um, market. So you're meeting seven or eight filmmakers when you do that. Everybody else who's doing it is meeting seven or eight filmmakers. So right away, you've come to the festival and you've expanded your network. Um, and so it really gives you, sets you off on a great foot to then meeting even more people while you're at the festival. Because later in the day when you go to a, a networking event, you don't have to worry about not knowing anyone. You've already met you know, seven or eight people, and they've met seven or eight people. Um, and so it really helps you build your network very quickly. And I, I think those kinds of events are very helpful to trying to find the right potential partner. Right. Well said. Yes, that would be great. Well, um, tell us about this Docs for School program. How does that work? Yeah. Um, so Docs for School program is, is a program that we're incredibly proud of here at Hot Docs. Um, Docs for Schools happens during the festival in a couple of different ways. So during the actual 11 days of the festival, we have um, 10 screenings uh, during the school week that happen at our, the Bloor Hot Doc Cinema, which is actually Hot Doc's own cinema that we, that we run. Um, and we bring in 
schools from across the city to come to those screenings and those are completely free for students to come in and we have the filmmakers in attendance to do Q&As with them and, and they're really, really successful. But in addition to that, we actually have um, Ducks for Schools in school. And what we do is we have an entire program of films that we've selected that are participating in Docs for Schools. And those and teachers can request DVDs of those films. And so we actually ship those DVDs out to teachers across the province where they run mini film festivals in school for their classes. And we also provide a curriculum that matches with the Ontario um, educational curriculum uh, that they can use as a teaching tool so that they know how to tie that, um, that content back to the curriculum that they're teaching their students. Um, so, you know, we have more than 90,000 students participating in this program across the province, which is really remarkable. Wow, 90,000 students across the province. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me ask you, how, how would filmmakers get their film into this Docs for Schools? Yeah, so gen generally speaking, um, the Docs for Schools program are, are films that have screened at the festival. So the, the films that are um, in the theater during the festival are all films that are screening in this year's festival. Um, but we also, and, and the in-school are um, mostly films that have screened at previous festivals. So those are films maybe from last year or two years ago um, that, uh, that we can share with, uh, with the schools. So if you are screening at Hot Docs or if you have screened at Hot Docs and you're interested in, in being part of Docs for Schools and you think that your, your film might do well in the educational setting, then uh, feel free to be in touch with us because um, we're always looking for great films to be part of that program. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, any closing thoughts or words of wisdom for our filmmakers? Just <laughs> Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much for oh, all this. Oh, thank you. Um, I mean, I think I would say in terms of in terms of getting your film to market and getting your film seen by audiences, it's never too early to start thinking about that. I would say a lot of filmmakers spend all of their time, and, and as you should, spend a lot of time on it, but spend all of their time on getting the film made um, and don't spend enough time thinking about what's going to happen once it's made. Um, and the earlier that you start thinking about that, um, the better the experience is going to be for you and the, and the more success your film's going to have. So really, you know, do your research, figure out, you know, what films like yours, find five or six films that have similar feel or deal with similar themes and see what's happened to them. Where have they gone? What successes have they had? What failures did they have? Um, how can your film learn from their mistakes and learn from their successes? Um, and really start to plan out where your film is going to go and start building those relationships and those contacts um, as early as you possibly can. Well said. I totally agree with you. I teach uh, what we call intentional filmmaking where we set our goals and mm -hmm. we work together for five months. It's two classes a month for five months, definitely. And the key to it is is just what you're saying. I start them out saying, where does this film belong? Where mm -hmm. is its ultimate home? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> That's the first thing you want to know. Let's talk about and marketing, and they say, oh, no, I just want to make the film. No, not in today's world, right? No, it's true. It's very true. I mean, the days of handing your film over to a distributor and kind of wiping your hands of it and being done are, are, are long over. So, um, you know, you have to kind of be willing to, to carry it through. Um, and so the better, you know, the better planned out it is, the better the journey is going to be. 
Absolutely. Well, we thank you so much. Tell us thank how people you. reach you, uh, please. Sorry, say that again? How can people reach you? Oh, um, they can email me. Um, so my email address is smacarthur, that's S-M-C-A-R-T-H-U-R, at hotdocs.ca. Fantastic. We yeah. really appreciate the time you've given us and all oh, the information. Oh, thank you. Thank you so thank much, you. Carol, and thank you, Claire. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you and all the good work you're doing. Carol, thank great you. interview. Our kind. Okay. All right, take, take care. care. Bye. All right, be well, everyone. Bye. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to the Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.